Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Tired of pushy recruiters sending you LinkedIn requests for jobs you have no interest in? Tired of blasting out resumes into the dark? If so, you should check out Hired.com. Hired.com flips job searching on its head by having top employers like Facebook come to you after you fill out one simple application. You also get your own job coach to help you on your next job search. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you at least fill out the application. Just go to Hired.com forward slash simple programmer. And when you get hired with Hired, you'll get double the normal sign-on bonus for using that link. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. And I don't think I've actually done a live interview before. I don't think I've ever, aside from like over Skype or Google Hangouts. So I actually have live in the flesh uh, Ben Solens, who is uh, who's a, uh, a fellow YouTuber, uh, a fellow Pluralsight author, a fellow uh, used to be ex-developer, I guess we'll say, yes. entrepreneur, and who currently runs a, a business that is focused on, and, I, and I, I talk about this all the time about niching down, but he's niched down to get this Tesla, to people that are interested in Tesla and data geeks. So that, that intersection of people that are interested in both of those things. So I thought it'd be interesting. Ben and I just went for a, for a five mile run here in, in San Diego in Ocean <laughs> Beach. And uh, and thought we'd record a. I thought it'd be interesting to talk yeah. to Ben and, and have him tell a story a little bit. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And I don't know if uh, what I was doing could be considered running, but you know, <laughs> we got five miles in for sure. So we, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, my channel, I guess. Yeah. It's called Teslanomics. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea is uh, to look at the economics, which are kind of go hand in hand with data, um, about Tesla. Right. Whether that's helping people understand the cost of ownership, or something like comparing, you know, it to a different electric vehicle or a high-end car, or even looking at like the crazy stuff that the company's doing with boring tunnels or stuff like that. So, yeah. and, and I really like this idea because I think Tesla people get really obsessed about. I mean, I I don't even own a Tesla, but I have to read all the news that comes out on, on Tesla stuff because it's something that's really, really interesting to people, especially Elon himself, just with everything that he's, he's doing. And so like to dig into that data, and, and I've gone there, I've, I've gone to the Tesla site because I've thought, I mean, I've got a 13-year-old Toyota Corolla, but I, I've, I've gone through and, and run all the numbers. And, I'm going like, to convince added you to buy one one day, watch. <laughs> I was like, I could buy this cash. And yeah. I'm like, no, not going to no, do No, bad that. idea. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but, people, yeah. the the... And, and I get, you know, uh, called out all the time, anytime I'm wrong, but oh, yeah. the tiniest detail because of that, because you're right, it's almost like Android users. Right. Like, people are just obsessed with, uh, with every little aspect of it, and people have also, like, wild, fanciful ideas about how things work. Right. Um, and so there's all kinds of, you know, people that are really into science and space, and, you know, we just, yeah, it's fun because it's uh, Elon and, and everything he does 
um, does instill a sense of like that dreamer mentality that you know not a lot of other companies really do, right? right so I exactly. think they've captured people's imaginations, um, which is why they have such a strong following, and yep. you know why people like me have <laughs> have a voice that that people want to listen to. So cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, so let's let's start let's start backwards a little bit and, okay. and talk about how you got here, right? Because you were a software developer. Yep. And then, and then what? It, and then you you ended up working for Floral Site. So tell yep. me a little bit about kind of your your past history, where you started off, and yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, I'll I'll start at the very beginning and okay. fast forward to Plural Site. There we go. Yeah. So uh, I, I was just a tech geek when I was a kid. Okay. I loved computers, and I would you know I was the 15 year old kid that was building my own computers. Yeah. Back when you did that kind of thing. Right. right yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, I guess we I think gamers do it now, but oh, there's be you'd be a lot of people okay. on this channel. Yeah, that that, that's own. awesome. I, you know? I get yelled at when I don't build my own computer. So <laughs> I'm so lazy now. Yeah. I just go buy it. Like it works great, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's where I started. Right. I was just a geek and I love technology, and that led me a job at the help desk at MCI. Okay. Uh, yeah. The old phone company yeah. back when they were around. Um, and at MCI at the help desk, what that introduced me to was the whole world of corporate technology. Right, and we're okay. talking like late 90s, right? Yeah. So the internet was still very new. Okay. Uh, websites were kind of new. Yeah. Um, and at the help desk, I got to do everything from like patch phones together uh, to uh, actually make software. Okay. Uh, like, and at that at those days, it was like little macros in Excel right. and, v and VBA, and we're talking like Excel 97. Nice. You know. So I mean, but things that had a very tangible impact to our business. So right. at, at 17 years old, uh, I got introduced to at the time, a very high-tech company, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, Full-on corporate America. And because in that role, I got to see and touch everything, I found my niche in, in data. Right. Um, and I basically was just the Excel guru. Okay. And yeah. I would find all kinds of ways to optimize our call center and, and you know save time and money and all this stuff. And so that really ignited a passion in me of, like, if you can understand how data works and how you can use data to uh, affect some business outcome, right? Um, whatever that may be, in any department, everywhere there's an opportunity, uh, then you can be val of value. And so I did nothing but focus on that for the next 17 years. Okay. And wow. and, yeah. and I had lots of opportunities to go into real estate or chase yeah. chase money here or there, but I stuck with my passion and right. kind of what I was good at. Um, so that was how I kind of like found data. Data. Okay. Yeah. Then, uh, which at the time, by the way. Uh, in order to like, let's say, build a website that had a chart on it, you had to be, be a web developer too. Right. And, yeah. And you had to know how to set up a web server. Yeah. So back in those days, it wasn't like today where I can just go find a website and click a couple buttons and bam, it's awesome. No. No. Yeah. You had to know how to do every part of it. So that's what actually led me to actually becoming a developer. Okay. Um, was that my main focus was making use of data for businesses. Yeah. But in order to do that, I had to build websites. I had to set up servers. I had to do everything. Right. right. Eventually, and now the tools are so you know focused in that you can kind of just specialize in that area and like just be a data geek and never even know how to make a website. Right. Yeah. Right? Just click a couple buttons and boom, there's a website. So, uh, but back then it wasn't like that. So I went into uh, kind of data science, I guess we would call it now. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. the idea was always the same: making making use of data. Um, fast forward all the way to where I joined Pluralsight. You know, 16 years, 17 years later, or something. Um, they didn't have a data science team when I started. Right, okay. And so, after, I, well, just before Pluralsight, I was at Mozilla, so I did a lot of consulting over the years, a lot of big companies, um, and I was at Mozilla full-time, which was great, then we worked from home and all this, 
uh, I'm started making Pluralsight courses for them on data technologies. Right. And then um, and then I met up met up uh, with Aaron, their CEO, and we got to talking, and they had a severe lack of data expertise in the company. I, I, and in fact, now I, I think I remember going. Was it at the author retreat or yeah. something like? You did a presentation showing what their data could look like, and then right. they basically. I'm still in the story, <laughs> but now no, it's yeah. looking like, it, like it, it was pretty serendipitous. Um, at the author summit, uh, gosh, 2013 maybe something uh -huh. like that. Um, they had uh, five-minute lightning talks, yeah. And uh, someone um, was was poking me to go get up there and, and give a talk on data, yeah. Because being the data guy, I was severely disappointed in as an author the data I had. Right, exactly. I, and, yeah. and, and I felt like, look, if I knew more about, let's say, retention rates on right. my courses, I could make better courses. Right, exactly. So yeah. I, so in the back of the room, while other people are giving their lightning talks, I was making this little dashboard, yeah. Uh, which simply it was like very basic. It was just showing you like. Which of your courses are the most popular? Right. How are they trending? How do they compare to other courses in the same category? Right. right? Very basic stuff. But at the time, it was like no, no one had any data. No one had right. ever done it that way or molded it that way. I went up and gave a five-minute lightning talk, and mostly I was complaining about how bad it sucked. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then I showed it, and people were just like, "Oh my god!" They're like standing ovation. You're like, "Oh, give me that! Give me! Give me! Give me!" Yeah. And um, Aaron, uh, the CEO, and a few of the other uh, folks and C-level uh, folks were in the room, and they were just like, "Yeah, like yeah. let's let's talk." And uh, actually, a funny story was the first thing I told Aaron. I said, "There's absolutely no way I'm moving to Utah." Sorry, I was like, <laughs> forget it, man. Nice. Um, and, and then second off, I like, uh, as an analyst, right. I'm sorry, but your company's not interesting enough. Yeah, right? okay, I'm yeah. working with Mo at Mozilla, where right. we have 500 million users across the world, right. multiple petabytes uh, in our data warehouse. I mean, I'm doing like, and then we have like tons of statisticians, like we're doing really interesting work. Um, so I'm just like, I'm sorry. It's just being an analyst was not an interesting enough. Right, exactly. And so Aaron, Aaron kind of came back and said, well, what would be interesting? Like, right. I want to work with you. Let's figure out what would be interesting. And so for me, the opportunity that I saw that I wanted to pursue was, to build out the data science practice right. at the company. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm talking whole scale, like we need to make an investment in data and that investment needs to be substantial because we want to be a data-driven company. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. We don't want just a couple of geeks running some numbers for marketing or sales or whatever. Right. We yeah. want a we want a separate business unit that's dedicated to data. We want all the software, enterprise, everything that goes along with it. Right, okay. And so me and Aaron tooled with this idea for a few weeks and um, and he loved it and I loved it. I went out to Utah, presented it to the at, at the time the executive team and a couple of the board members. Yep. And you know, a couple of weeks later I was an employee. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I, I was there for a couple of years and saw the company grow from, gosh, I don't know, 50 employees to 500. <laughs> and, and let me give you, ask you a question. You don't have yeah. to give me a number here. Okay. But how much more valuable, how much of a higher pay do you get when you create your own job like that versus <laughs> you apply for a job? Because you basically created your job, right? Because you right. basically like were like, look at this cool stuff. You know, and and they are like, oh, we got to get you, right? Right? We don't even have a job. We're gonna make a job for you, right? So how does that compare to other jobs you've gotten in your career? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, certainly it was a lot more in yeah. terms of in terms of the pay. Um, 
but but I would say the, uh, the 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 bigger thing for me wasn't necessarily the pay because I was already doing pretty well. Uh -huh. You know, I was a like a senior data architect at Mozilla. Okay, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? So, so you're doing pretty yeah, good. yeah. I, you know, in our 17 years experience, like. But so the pay, I mean, it was it was at least a 15 to 20 percent bump. Okay, yeah. Um, but in terms of uh, the benefits, yeah, that was really the big draw was the autonomy that I got. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was the direct connection, the direct line to the CEO and the CFO, the guys that ran the company. Yeah. And and the rest of the the rest of the executive team, and having the autonomy to be like, look, you're our guy that that we want to do this. Right. You just tell us what you're gonna do. Right. Like, like, don't ask us if it's okay. Just right. do it, just do it. Yeah. and then just tell us why you did it right. and how much it's going to cost and all that. I mean, I, I can recall uh, a time when I was sitting in the room uh, with, with the CFO, and I was trying to be very, uh, I don't know what the right word is, frugal, or not frugal, but prudent maybe, right, yeah. with how we're spending money, uh -huh. um, especially with the CFO, right? right. And, and, and we're sitting there talking about it, and I go, oh, well, you know, if we could do this, we could do this, we could kind of start off with, with a minimum investment of maybe 50, 60,000 on this thing. Um, and then if we do decide to go full bore with it, uh, then we would then we would be able to upgrade and we'd be able to transfer some of that money over. Right. So we would maybe lose about 25% of our initial investment, but we wouldn't have to go spend 250 grand up front. Right. And, and the CEO uh, comes into the room, we have a, a five minute conversation and, uh, and he looks at me and he kind of says, well, but is is this the right thing to do? Is this the right platform to go with? Right. And I say, absolutely. Like yeah. I, I've been, do this is, yes, I can say 100% certainty, this is the best thing out there and it will grow with us for the next, you know, X number of years. And so, yes, absolutely. And he said, well, then why would we lose 25% of our investment? Just spend the money. Yeah. Just do it. Write the check, yeah. And, and yeah. from that, and, and so that, um, that freedom and that trust that they instilled in me, right. that was really what made it uh, probably the greatest job I ever had in my my corporate life. Right. Yeah. You know. So sense. the money was good, uh, benefits, everything. Obviously, you know, I was hired as the VP of data, right. um, and then I grew to the, become the chief data officer. So yeah, at that level, you're getting paid quite a bit, right? right. Um, but that's not really your motivation. Right. Yeah. You know? You're almost like an entrepreneur inside the company. It, exactly. Like. Yeah. I mean, we started an office here in San Diego just for me to build a team. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I and now, yeah. now we have a 15,000 square foot office with 20, 30 people there, yeah. including a software development team that right. they started here after they saw basically the the talent pool that we had from the data side. Right. You know, if you look, it's just basic math here. Uh, in Utah, where they're based, the whole state has as many people as San Diego does. Oh wow! I didn't even realize that. Right. That's crazy. So, yeah. uh, if you're looking to grow and expand right. uh, your software, your software group, uh, you look at you know the strategy we went with was look at the places we're already in and we already have a presence in. Right. And look at those kind of things like cost of living, quality of life, like what are the salaries. Um, and then the talent base. Right. And so uh, it's not hard to get people to move to San Diego, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that's a pretty easy sell. Yeah. And there's already just as many people as there are in the entire state of Utah. So yeah. that made a lot of sense. So now there's, uh, I mean, I don't even know now, I've, I've been gone for over a year, but there's at least uh, two software development teams here in San Diego, yeah. all from that initial Wow. Five minute lightning talk, right. <laughs> you know, that sparked that whole thing. So that begs the question then, why, like, what are you doing? Why would you give up all that to go make pennies on YouTube, like, and, and start over with your, but like, what would drive a person to uh, leave yeah. that uh, lucrative, you know, pay? And you know, um, it, it wasn't, you know, just 
two years of my life that that got me to that moment right it was right. the previous 17 yeah that led up to that um and so i i felt like i had i had done my i kind of paid my dues in corporate america yeah and uh i i mean i'll forever be grateful to aaron and keith and fritz and greg and all the guys that that gave me that opportunity to plural side because it truly was probably the joy of my entire career right um but uh there's nothing like that freedom of doing it on your own exactly and and by the time i left i feel like my strength um actually is building things right yeah uh it, it's not necessarily being a, a c-level person at a really big company in fact i would argue that uh the role that i was in um by the time i left had had definitely outgrown me right like i was not actually qualified for that job anymore okay right now, now i could have fought and dug my heels in and kept it sure yeah but uh, but that just wasn't me like i would rather say look i spent two years here uh, I had a team of I don't know twenty something people, one of three different teams spread out across the, across the country. Right. Um, I, I had helped the company grow from from very small or an SMB to uh, now a really large successful organization. Like that's where actually my sweet spot was. Right. And I felt like you know it was time for me to go. It was time first off for me to kind of make that leap, right. um, as you have, yeah, exactly. uh, and actually follow kind of in your footsteps in some ways. Um, to do that on my own and to feel what that's like. Yeah. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I, I like nowadays. I mean, I couldn't imagine going back to a corporate job. Right. Uh, but if I did, I would. Uh, I would either want to be at a startup where I have significant influence, like I did at Pluralsight. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'm just going to be the guy that turns the wheel, right? I'm just going to come in, do my work, and go home and not right. think about it at all. Yeah. Right. So those are the kind of the two things. And so Pluralsight had grown or outgrown me, or right. that role certainly had. Um, and yeah, it was just time for me, you know, I wanted that freedom to see what it tastes like. And I had done well enough as an author there um, that, you know, I could make, I could fortunately, you know, had enough kind of security to make that leap. Yeah. I mean, it still wasn't easy. I was still nervous as hell. Of course. Yeah. And, like, and it was well, super get scary. Health insurance and, yeah, 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 health insurance was a big one, right? I, yeah. I, I had actually, I mean, just to talk about what it feels like, uh, at the time I left, it was April of 2016. Yeah. Uh, my son was uh, nine months old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just bought a car that cost twelve hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, I had made I had made all the wrong decisions, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Not exactly setting yourself up. For no. The, yeah. No. I, I wanted to become an entrepreneur after loading on huge expenses. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, yeah, thousand bucks a month for healthcare, which was insane. So, um, yeah, I'd basically done everything wrong, but uh, felt like. Um, there was enough opportunity out there and then I had been, you know, I, I had been um, building up my skills and was confident enough in them yeah. that if, if it all really fell apart, I could go back to the same life I had. Yeah. You know, that, like I, it yeah. really wouldn't be that bad. That's why I tell people all the time, like, you know, not, not that you should just like take a, a leap necessarily, like without thinking it through and, and making rash decisions. But a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to that are actually, actually doing okay I'm like, well, just quit your job and then like try this full time. And if it doesn't work out, you could go back. Like, yeah. I mean, once you're successful, it's it's you're, you're yeah. successful. And and a good company, um, you know, and it, it's hard to it's hard to be general about it, but uh, tech companies, I would say that that I'm familiar with, uh, encourage this. Uh, right. a, a lot yeah. of them do. Where, uh, like, I know guys uh, that you know worked at Apple for 12 years, yeah. wanted to start their own business didn't actually quit their job at Apple, right. but they got a sabbatical. They said, look, I'm gonna go, yeah. I'm gonna take a year yeah. and, and I'm gonna try to build this business. 
And if it doesn't work out, I'll come back. Right. And yeah. if it does, then thank you for everything. And, you know, I'll invite you guys to our to a party sometime okay. or something, right? And, and, and especially in Silicon Valley and in tech, I mean, the, the name of the game is talent up right, there. Right, exactly. Right? This is yeah. why benefits and stuff are so outrageous at oh, places yeah. like Google and Facebook. So uh, uh, it's not um, unreasonable for a company to allow somebody to do that. Now, right. again, there's probably companies out there where they'd be like, are you kidding me? Get out of here. Like, you're exactly. fired, right? But I, but I would say that, uh, yeah, if you're confident in your skills, and especially if you're a developer, yeah. I mean, um, it's one thing if you're in management. Right, yeah. Because I would say management is like less transferable. Right. Um, you know, unless you're super high level management and you have you know big business success. But if you're like a great programmer in whatever field or language, yeah. you're hireable. Exactly. You know, I mean, I mean, you can take six months, try out your thing as long as you you know whatever, and I'm sure you have ways on how to how to manage that and make that doable. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you can totally do it and get a job without any. In fact, I've quit many jobs without. A plan, right. just because I said this is stupid. I'm not gonna. This is too stressful. It's not worth my time. Right, and uh, you know your value. Yeah, you know you can, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially nowadays with contractors and all this kind of thing. I mean, yeah, people can make a really good living and really call their own or kind of write their own check, as they would say. Yeah, yeah. I think you know part of it too is uh, once you have built up enough reputation, you have that level of. Not not everyone can just like do yeah. that. I mean, you, but but that's what a few years you know, in, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You then, get, then get a few get years under your belt, some experience. You make a lot of good connections, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, I'm sure uh, I and I'm sure you as well. I could probably make a phone call right now and get a job exactly. as a developer back right. at some company. <laughs> not yeah. that we would do that, but you know, those connections last a long time. So yeah. 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 If you're very early in your career, I would say that's that's probably harder. Yeah. Um, but even then, there's you know, lot tons of freelancing options and things like that if you just need to make money. Yeah. You know, there's lots of ways to use those talents. So. And uh, they, I guess they will decay over time, but you know you can you can sharpen them pretty quickly. Plural side courses, et exactly. Yeah. Right. So uh, so, tell me what life is like now. So what is what do, what do you do now? What is your yeah? Uh, yeah, because it's been uh, it's been a year. It's been it's a been little bit over a year. A little bit over a year. Yeah. Uh, it's less stressful now, or, yeah. or at least I have been able to learn how to deal with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, my week is split between, I kind of have two jobs. So I still make uh, online courses right, uh, yeah. now for LinkedIn Learning. Yeah. Um, and same kind of deal, data science stuff. So uh, I have that going. Um, now I go up to their studio to record. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of prep for uh, two or three months, go up there, record three to four courses in a week. Okay. And, then, and then I'm done, I take a week or two off, and then I'm back, in, back on, on the grind for that. So, you know, uh, I'm prepping those uh, a couple days a week. I'm working on my next set of courses. Yeah. And then other than that, I'm making YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, and YouTube is a constant grind. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the feedback loop is so instant that I love it. Yeah. You know, so now I have a live show on Monday uh, where I talk about Tesla news. Okay. Um, so, you know, which is I do it live because I, I tried to do it not live. But things change so fast that it's impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like a week later, my video comes out, and no one cares because it's old news already. Oh yeah, that's true. That's yeah. A good point. yeah. Especially a company like Tesla, which changes things. I mean, every every other every week it seems. Yeah. So I have a, a live show on Monday, so I have to prep Monday morning, get ready for the live show, um, okay. set that up, which is a whole operation of itself. Uh, then on Monday afternoon, I try to record my video which then is posted the following Thursday. Yeah. And then I have to coordinate with my editor and my copywriter to get that week's video going. Okay, right. Um, so yeah, so you know, Mondays are pretty much all YouTube. Um, Tuesdays, there's usually a little bit of spillover of YouTube. I haven't quite 
perfected it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I take a lot of your advice in terms of processes yeah, I, and, and trying to get those things and maybe hiring out little things where I can. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Monday is all YouTube. In an ideal world, Tuesday and Wednesday would be uh, Linda courses, LinkedIn learning courses. Yeah. Um, Thursday is family day. I take Thursday off. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. We go to the zoo, just, you that's know, forget it. Just entrepreneurial perk. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Nice. Yeah, that's you know, good. Um, Friday, uh, me and my wife have a podcast we do, so it's podcast day. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Saturday and Sunday, kind of daddy duty and, you know, honey-do list, that kind of thing. So hanging with the family and all that. Yeah, okay, yeah, you got a good system in place. That's what's, and, what's and I try cheap. to stick, like I found, I've tried a, a dozen different ways, but I try to stick to uh, that theme on that day. Yeah, So, exactly. like, Monday, if there's, like, something that comes up with a LinkedIn learning course, I ignore it completely. Yeah. Exactly. I do not respond to those emails. I do not pay attention, whatever. Yep. And then Tuesday through Sunday, if I get a comment on YouTube or somebody emails me about YouTube, I do not respond. Oh, that's good, yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah. I try to try to focus that so I can be more productive. I do the tomato timer, whatever it's yeah, called. The pomodoro, yeah, the Pomodoro. Yeah, yeah, I, I do that um, for a lot of my techniques, uh, my, my tasks. Okay, good, yeah. perfect, that's cool. Yeah, and I try to meditate every day too, which doesn't always happen, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, try, I've tried to pick it up, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know, someday I'll, I'll get it. I've got like a, a, a a goal to do like a TM, a transcendental meditation course. Like, oh wow! Okay, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Because you know, have to Arnold Schwarzenegger know. recommended it a couple of people. <laughs> it seems a little bit hokey to me, but I'll try it out. You, you so. need to do Wim Hof. Wim, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have Wim a buddy Hof. doing it now, and he takes like ice baths all the time. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah. I'm blown away. I read a good book uh, about about him. Mm. Someone that was actually going through his program called, and it was like the perfect title for a book for me. It was like, uh, what, it's called What Doesn't Kill You. As soon as I saw that, I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm buying that book. I don't even know what this book is about. I'm buying this book. And it happened to be Wim Hof. So. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Ben. Well, uh, well thanks. Um, let, let, uh, why don't you let uh, people know where they can find you to find sure. out more about either the Tesla stuff or the, the data stuff. I think that I think our, this audience, my audience will be interested in both of those yeah. things. So uh, you can find me on YouTube uh, at uh, Teslanomics. If you just search for that, um, that's the name of my channel. Um, also Teslanomics.co is the website where I also have all the videos and, and other stuff like that. Um, and then I also, uh, the courses are at LinkedIn Learning and Pluralsight. I have yep. 13 courses with Pluralsight and about 10 with LinkedIn Learning. Um, so if you go search for my name on either one of those platforms, you'll find me, see what I'm talking about. In fact, just yesterday, uh, a new LinkedIn Learning course came out, which was uh, Apache Kafka Essentials. Oh, cool. So okay, yeah. if you have developers in the big data space, they'll know what that is, and you can go check that out. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to do some videos on big data, because I get questions in the data space, yeah. and I like I don't know much <laughs> in the data space. Like, I can use, I used ChartFX way back in the day to, when you actually did have to program to yeah. actually make a, just to make a damn pie chart, right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, okay, awesome. We'll, uh, we'll definitely check, uh, check Ben out and, uh, and we'll put links and stuff all so you, so they can, they can check you out. But yeah, it's kind of cool to have a, a local yeah. here. So yeah. Cool. All right, Ben. Yeah, man. Thanks. Take care. Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.